0: folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. We are here at the start of Superman Reborn. Let's talk about that and all other DC Comics released this week. As always, I am Brian with me as at, with uh, Vincent Zacker here too. And um, we're going to spoil some books, so hopefully you read them. And we're going to jump right in with DC uh, Rebirth's, I guess, first Superman event? Does that sound fair? Sounds fair. Uh, Superman Reborn, which starts in Superman number 18, written by Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, illustrated by Patrick Gleason. Um, so, uh, this, I, I feel like we need to have a little bit of kind of just going through the first few pages here before we go through our, um, our sort of discussion. The beginning of the issue, we see the phrase time and answers space questions matter questions energy answers while some blue energy that looks suspiciously dr manhattany sort of moves about on this on the page and then we see uh tim drake is yelling in in mr oz's uh i almost called him dr oz in mr oz's prison you can't keep us all someone got out you hear me someone got out and then uh we see this um this, like, large wall where people have written Superman will save me, Superman please save me, Superman where are you, and there's uh some, like, almost cave drawings of various Superman imagery, and then we get into the issue proper. But I want to talk about that little prologue first. Um Where do you think that wall is? Is that in Oz's prison? I think it's in
1: that giant... uh thing that yeah. we see that's broken into uh-huh. um, which seems to be like on the the world or wherever he is it, it looks different than you know the um it looks like a separate place from where he's keeping everyone else
0: mm-hmm. um... now to me, uh Vince, give us your thoughts on this first before I say my next thought.
2: My thoughts on just the prologue in yeah, general? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm really... Uh, the the most intriguing thing is who would have been drawing those cave drawings of Superman, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I racked... Yeah, please do, because I've racked my brain and I can't come up with anything that... Isn't, like, an educated guess that makes any sense? So I
0: have a very, very strong theory. Sure. And you guys are going to love it. <laughs> it's Superboy Prime.
2: So you think that's Superboy Prime?
0: He's read the comics.
2: Well, right. Yes, I get that. But You know,
0: he would know all the different Superman... All the iterations of the Superman logo that he draws. He would know all of those because he's read the comics. He would know all these stories and... You know, um, yeah, I I think it's certainly Superboy Prime.
2: Okay, well, I do think that, like, I think the Clark that we see that we've seen in Action Comics is Superboy. Like, I think Walt was totally right about that. I think all of Zach's dreams are going to come true. Um, but it 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 just in my mind, I couldn't justify that that was Superboy Prime and the Clark that we see walking around in. Action Comics is also one and the same. I just don't know what, like, what, um... here, Here's my reason why I
1: don't think that the, the person that is broken out is, is Superboy Prime. Okay. Because I think that our Clark, this, this Bizarro Clark, is Superboy Prime. He showed up in the first arc of Action Comics before Doomsday was captured, and here in this prologue, Doomsday is, is captured. So, he would have had to have broken out. He, uh, he. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: You're, I, what you're saying is that we are seeing Tim's instant reaction to break to someone breaking out. Yes. I I don't necessarily think that's the case. It could be. It certainly makes sense, but I don't think it necessarily has to be.
1: It just seems like he would have noticed it, right? that's true
0: that's true um yeah but we'll see i like where
1: your head's at though because i did initially think that as well like that was my first thought um was that oh this was probably Superboy prime and then he he broke out and he went to go be creepy clark but then the fact that like all those people who have been captured along the way are, are there as well kind of made me lean away from that
2: yeah, the and reason why, and why is Superboy Prime someone that would be captured alongside all these other because
0: they're all the anomalies.
2: Why is Doomsday an anomaly?
0: Isn't isn't that what they what he said to Tim though?
2: Is it? Why is Tim an anomaly? Or am I fucking this up? I guess we'd have. Man, I can't remember. I think it was something like that. I guess, I, guess I would need to go back to... and check. I guess we'd have to know why Tim is considered an anomaly and why Doomsday is considered an anomaly in this before I. I mean,
0: I mean the other thing you you could look at it as the people that have been captured thus far are people with a strong connection to the pre-Flashpoint universe, like Doomsday. Why, Doomsday, why is Tim, what?
2: Why is Tim?
0: I mean, I, I would I would argue that. Tim is the is the Robin of the pre Flashpoint universe.
2: Yeah, but if this is a completely separate Robin.
0: But what I'm saying is, like, both Dick and Jason pre are, are pre Crisis, right? And we've already seen through convergence some of the effects of Crisis on Infinite Earths being undone. So if this is to undo Flashpoint, you would you'd want to revert to a time or collect from a time, whatever, like before that. You know when when that when that would uh, yeah you know it would matter. And to me, to me, Damian is just too close to Flashpoint to be like the definitive Robin of the era. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. Oh, so that. am I, and,
0: and I'm talking on my ass here. You know, there there's no so proof any of this.
1: I went back and checked that issue of Detective. Uh-huh. Um, when he captures Tim, he says, you were reconnecting threads that could not be reconnected. You're so loved, so deeply intertwined. It became crucial that we take you off the field. Yeah. So,
2: So, like, why isn't somebody like Wally West their, like, first target?
0: Because I don't think they know Wally's back.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay
0: that's been pretty yeah. vaguely covered as well,
1: yeah, this is all really vague because we really like don't know anything about oz's um motivations really at this point
2: do, do you know what my problem with all of this is? What's up? I still don't trust Jurgens to not like <laughs> like i tr- I don't trust him to have a coherent timeline mm. that makes sense all worked out, you know right. And so, like, anything that he's written in action in in regards to this crossover, like, before it happened, I, I just, like, I feel like... <laughs> I feel like I can't necessarily trust any of it. I don't know. I really don't like action, so...
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I understand that. But I also think that this is probably... In terms of timeline and overall construction, above his pay grade. Yeah. So. Oh,
2: I think so. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm sure.
1: Who, who's the editor on the Superman line right now?
0: Um, I think it's still um. Berganza. Yeah, it's still Is Berganza. It still Berganza. Yeah.
1: Mm. That's.
0: That's problematic, yeah. but you know. <laughs> Um, that's, that's a thing. Yeah, but t- just to, to sort of put a pin in the Superboy Prime on the uh, drawing the stuff on the on the wall thing, I just don't know who else would know the story of Superman that way. Yeah, because there's things there about Clark Kent. There's something there about Ma and Pa Kent. There's Superman battling Doomsday. There are, um, you know, there's just there's so much Superman history there that it seems like that would have to be somebody. Who intimately knew him, or somebody who read comics?
2: I'm I'm buying what you're selling. Um, I am. I just think that, like, I don't know. I just think the I just think the fake Clark stuff has been handled so poorly over in action <laughs> that yeah. that like I'm having trouble. I wish I could just start right here and and know that this was going to be Superboy Prime and right this is just gonna that'll be in like an awesome story but like all this shit with crazy clark beforehand well you know it there's there's kind of like so
1: we've got we think superboy prime we've got a not the original clark and lois in terms of like golden age but we have an original clark and lois um a a good friend of mine and, and listener of the show um Lucy Collins on on Twitter, um, he mentioned to me in the conversation that the kind of like the missing factor there is Alexander Luther, mm. and I I think he had made, like was kind of insinual or theorizing that maybe Oz is is Alexander Luther, but but what if maybe he was the one that was was trapped here?
2: Alexander Luther.
1: As in, like, the Earth-3 one from yeah. Crisis.
2: Mm. I like I like all of these ideas very much. I do.
0: See, when you said Alexander Luther, my first thought was, of course it's him, because Jurgens was writing him in action comics around the death of Superman time, the, like, weirdly Amish-bearded, oh, like the... uh, <laughs> red-haired luther who was who was you're right who was clothes, balling supergirl luther, pl- uh, supergirl uh brain. yeah who was bawling, supergirl uh matrix at the time yes
2: man the 90s were so weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when when we're all done talking about about this issue just i want to put forward my crazy theory sure um, but i want to do it at the end so just remind me okay carve a little space for that
0: yeah, well, let's just, I mean, the rest of the issue, there's not that much to say about, like, story-wise. It's, it's just, it's brilliantly told.
2: Yeah, I love, I mean, the, the <laughs> I hate to drag him like this, but this is, like, the power of Tomasi versus, you know, the average issue of Jurgen's action comics, you know? Yeah. He takes these same characters and same concepts we've been reading for months now and he just writes them so well and and gleason's art is so evocative it's uh oh it's so good (laughs) so good
0: yeah oh man and then let me tell you i know that he has his own book so he's not really going away but the stuff with Jonathan was so heartbreaking to me. Oh
1: man, the the scene where he's in the living room.
0: and, and he everything says, I'm is scared. Like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chills. Yeah. This was uh, this was like a gut punch of an issue. Mm-hmm. The and and it's great to see Superman being Superman throughout the whole thing trying to, to to keep the hope alive and trying to be the hero but you can just see him falling apart as he's trying to do it and uh, oh goodness gracious was this a great comic
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's outstanding guys Superman is good again guys
0: yeah <laughs> um I also just want to point out before we get too much further uh, about the back matter, I texted this to you guys last week. Um, So there's, there's this little uh, DC asks who is Clark Kent? And there, they give six uh, possibilities. Bizarro new 52 Superman, uh, Mr. Mitzelplik or Mitzelplik, depending how you pronounce it, eradicator, Martian Manhunter and Magog. I would have never thought Magog in a million years, but Noticeably, I mean, abs- Oz
1: kind of looks like Magog.
0: A little bit, yeah.
1: Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. It's like the glowing red eye thing going
0: on. Sometimes. Yeah. Did you say it? Magog? Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Magog. Uh, but what I was gonna say is, I, I texted this to the boys. Yes, uh, last week after reading this issue, with um I had circled that DC says here play Super Villain Profiler, profiler to break down the list of prime. Suspects, <laughs> and so that's proof it's Superboy Prime.
2: It is, I mean, it really is. And this issue's like a dead giveaway. That, yeah, I mean, just the fact that like it's quite literally be- things are being erased as if they're pencil drawings, you know, it's just, yeah, I think it's due. Too- I mean, unless there's some huge left hook um, that we're gonna get, that's it's that's gotta be it.
0: Are we ready for Vince's big theory?
2: Yeah, so here's that big left hook I was talking about. This has nothing to do, like, we're going to find out at the end of this crossover. It's got nothing to do with Watchmen. It's got nothing, really, nothing to do with um, uh, Superman's or any of the, like, pre-Flashpoint versus Flashpoint trickery. It's none of that. So, you guys, we've got the. Uh, the Looney Tunes crossover specials coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is just duck amok. This is the, <laughs> at, the, at the end of this, everyone's going to be erased. Superman's going to be erased. And then it's going to pull back, and it's going to be Bugs Bunny with a pencil, and he's going to say, ain't I a stinker?
0: Ain't I a stinker? It's Dan DeDio <laughs> doing it. Inside. Yeah,
2: it's Dan DeDio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't <laughs> fucking stinker? Yeah. <laughs> he's got to say fuck. He's gotta, uh, but, yeah. 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 And but, then it becomes a young animal book. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, exactly. That that's all this is. This is just Duckamuck using the, using the Superman characters. It's it's the first crossover in the Looney Tunes.
0: How fucking mad would people be <laughs> if that's what this was? <laughs> oh yeah. mercy!
2: I love that cartoon, by the way.
0: Oh yeah, one of the best.
2: Daffy Duck just getting trolled
0: to Kingdom Come. <laughs> Oh. Not the Mark Wade event. <laughs> but yeah. Uh anyway, that um we're gonna cover the two mini series that wrapped up this week before moving into the rest of the monthly books. So we're gonna start with um a book I clicked on the wrong version of. Um Midnight on Apollo number six, written by Steve Orlando, illustrated by Fernando Blanco. Um We've been enjoying this this book a lot. And I don't see any reason why somebody who enjoyed the first five issues wouldn't absolutely adore the sixth issue. Agree? Disagree?
2: Yeah. I mean... It's, uh... Go for it.
1: Oh, I... A lot of stuff happens, and... I almost feel like, like when I was reading this, I... I was kind of like tuning out of the plot a little bit because the I, at this point, like the plot is, is kind of just there to service more like the character relationships. Yes, and and the art is fantastic, like so good. Um, and so maybe that's like the only complaint I had about this finale is that it felt a little thin from like it just in that like the. the the trappings didn't really matter. It was all about the characters and their relationship, which is
2: fine. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think I kind of agree with you because I think, um, I mean, I think really it's just an excuse for Midnight and Apollo to fight demons, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And that's fine. You know, I mean, Really, this is the issue that, that. so since Orlando has started writing Midnighter, he, you know, in the solo series, for the most part, he shied away from the Midnighter-Apollo relationship just because that wasn't something, I mean, we had him on the show, that wasn't something he wanted to explore at that point. It just wasn't. Uh, he wanted to get Midnighter away from Apollo for a while. And, and probably
0: away from Grayson, too. You know, just it, taking him out of that—it it, was—it was time to establish who Midnighter was.
2: Yeah, although I do think there were a couple issues where they went back and forth. Oh yeah, um, but but then you know, returning to this idea of Midnighter and Apollo, um, it—it, it, I mean, their relationship has been strong through this entire. I mean, Midnighter and Apollo each went through hell for one another over the course of this miniseries, right? But this is the issue that really, you know, halfway through really starts to focus on the two of them. And it doesn't matter that they're fighting demons or whatever. It doesn't matter what the enemy is. You know, the the point of it is what they're willing to do for one another. And the way that he brought it home in the last, like, oh, I don't know, six or seven pages, whatever, just, like, the warmest of warm feelings reading that, you know, it's like, it's so heartwarming. It's so like, he puts just like a perfect pin on it. Like this, this might be our last ride with these characters for the foreseeable future. Um, and, and just, just the way that he wraps it up is just so lovely for those two characters. Um, yeah. And like Zach said, the art is great.
0: Yeah, this might be the best work Blanco's ever done. I think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, just really interesting things with like page layout and and the 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 page, the scene where he they're coming out of the portal into the living room. Yeah. It's just so well staged. <laughs> yeah. It's it's awesome.
0: And I I'm probably going to butcher this last name, but the colors by Romulo Fajardo or Fajardo Jr is are great. I think this is one mm-hmm. of the one of the best colored books DC's had in a long time. Right, he was on um Omega Men. Yep.
1: Oh yeah.
0: But this is a totally different palette than Omega Men. Yeah. You know, and that that shows to me his skill as well. It's not just uh because Omega Man was so was so subtle in, in points and like the coloring of Apollo in particular here has to kind of, you know, hit you in the face. And it's it was just really well done. I really, really enjoyed this mini series. Um Vince, you asked an interesting question. Is this gonna be the last we see of them for a while, do you think?
2: It's it sure feels like it. Like I think I think they're gonna be benched for a while, you know. I mean they may show up. You know, Tim Seeley may get a chance to have Midnighter over in Nightwing for an issue or something. You know, I mean, it may it may be clear that they're around doing something. You know, but I think this is the end of books for them for a little while. Okay, um, I'm,
1: I'm holding out for maybe like a. For them to show up in like an issue of Justice League, maybe in like the second year of the title or something like that. I would love to see
0: that. I could see them both joining Orlando's Justice League of America when the inevitable, you know, character turnover happens.
1: Yeah, that's what I meant, Justice League of America. Okay. Um, not Justice League. Uh, um,
2: yeah, I guess I could, I could see that too. You know, you know what I would like though? Um, um, God, the, his name is escaping me right now, but they're like Doctor Strange' friend. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, Starts with an E, right? I believe so. <sighs> I don't know. It's terrible. Extrano. That I can't... Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. I I love when they're sitting around the table and he says, "You know, we're stronger than ever." It it makes me think that, you know, it, were they to have a sort of Justice League Dark or a or some sort of.
0: A Zatanna and um, the Shadow Pack, maybe?
2: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like like Midnighter and Apollo, given their relationship with Extreno, would be like a very good pairing for the muscle of that team, you know? Yeah. And I could see that. But that would be it just seems to me that right now Rebirth is so focused on establishing long time characters that they just don't have a place for these two right now. Um, I don't think it's the last we've seen of them, but I, I do feel like it's going to be a year or two before they're back in any major way. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I just, I just feel like Orlando put such a nice button on it that it's almost like that's what it, you know, if it ended right here, it could, it could, you know, ev- everyone could be satisfied. Yeah. Day and you, as they say. <laughs>
0: Um, anything else to add about this?
2: Uh, it's got, the, it's got uh, probably the dirtiest joke I've ever seen in a DC comic. The back of the head thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. Uh, that brings us to the other miniseries that wrapped up this week, which is Death of Hawkman, uh, number six, written by Mark Andreco, illustrated by Aaron Lopresti. So before we get to the issue itself I have a question for you guys do you think that the book sold demonstratively demonstratively better because the title Death of Hawkman
2: did it sell well
0: I, I don't think it did but do you think it sold better oh because of that title
2: I don't I, I don't see I mean because if
0: to... not why the fuck did they spoil that for us in the title <laughs>
2: Um, I guess you're right. Who wants to read a Hawkman book?
0: I mean, I do, um, but
2: (laughs) I mean, of course the DC three does.
0: They're reprinting the, um, Jeff Johns, James Robinson, Hawkman book Mm, in a collection. I'm very very excited about getting that.
2: Was that good? Uh,
0: I, I honestly read it so long ago. I can't remember, but I would think if there'd be two writers to get that character, right. Those are probably the two.
1: I think it was pretty well-received, wasn't it? I think so. I, I feel like... I don't know. I've I've always wanted to read it. I've, like, thumbed through a few issues before, but I've never read it. Well, now that it's coming
0: out in a new collection, it'll be good, so...
1: Yeah, Death of a Hawkman number four, which is the last issue with numbers, was at 12,600-ish.
0: Yeah, I can't see this selling all that much more because of that title, and I think it really did a disservice to the comic because I think that... Hawkman's death in this is is handled pretty well, and obviously Hawkman's death is in quotes because we all know the Hawkman, yeah, you know, comes back all the time. But I feel like that moment, like the whole issue, you're just waiting for Hawkman to die.
2: Well, maybe. Hey, then maybe. So, maybe it didn't help the miniseries sell better up front but maybe it helped people stick around because they knew what they were in for you know
0: oh that's fair okay
2: you know and i'm not saying i'm not saying that makes it okay like uh, I know what you mean. obviously i'd prefer they not spoil things like that in the titles but like maybe that was the well let's see we're doing a six issue adam strange and hawkman miniseries what is going to get the people I mean, we're, we're all, we're going to get as many people as we're going to get with the first issue or two, what's going to make people stay for subsequent issues, knowing that that's coming maybe, you know? Yeah. And I'll say this, um, even though I don't care for the title that much, if it's, if this little bit at the end here where it says not the end, nowhere near it mm-hmm. is to be believed. And if Scott Snyder and Greg Pulo's event really does tie into Hawkman heavily, Um, and the Nth Metal, then maybe the fact that they titled this mini this way, being that it's just a small piece of a much bigger, more eventful story that's going to have a lot more emphasis behind it in the future, doesn't matter so much.
1: Yeah, maybe we should all go pick up, uh, see if we can get this in back issues, because the (laughs) speculator market's going to be... (laughs)
2: <laughs> once, once uh, Rich posts that, <laughs> I've got them all, baby. I'm DCB. Text, I'm, I'm set.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought this issue was was pretty good. I think it's it's. I, I think this series has been, as Vince has alluded to a number of times, remarkably funny. Uh, there's a scene where Hawkman is trying to get Adam to lie down, and he grabs him. And he's like, oh, a hug, I didn't expect that, or whatever he says. It's like, no, get down. Like, there, there's, there's a lot of, you know, reasonably funny humor in this book. And I think that everything about it was handled about as well as you could expect a Hawkman Adam Strange book to be handled.
1: Yeah, it was fine. I'm glad that... Um... Izamots, okay.
0: I knew you were gonna say that. I, I purposely <laughs> didn't say anything because I knew you were gonna say something.
2: That was a funny scene too. You know, you're yeah. just a placeholder until I heal, right? And he's got the big comical bandage around his Yep. <laughs> but I really hope that character
1: does stay around, the Green Lantern hot guy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was
2: a very good idea.
0: I agree. Um Yeah, and you know, Despero is not really dead, which I think we probably could have expected, also. Yeah. And uh, I, I
2: wonder if he'll be. I could see Greg Capullo drawing a mean version of Despero.
0: Oh, that's a good. That's a good point, actually.
2: Man, this book could just be
1: crazy. It would not be <laughs> at all what I expect from a Scott Snyder Batman event,
2: right?
0: But think about it. You know, we know that Adam Strange is lost in time because we know he shows up to. To team up with Johnny Quest next month.
1: Is that how that's gonna... It says, I didn't even think about that. It says in
0: the solicit, like, straight out of the pages of Death of Hawkman.
1: See, I didn't notice. I, I guess I just didn't read that solicit. That's oh, okay. That's actually really cool.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I, I I feel like an Adam Strange ongoing is coming, or at least another miniseries, or a featured role in a team book is coming. Um Partly because why would they? I don't know. To me, to me, this this miniseries has to lead to something, because DC doesn't seem to be in the business of giving folks uh, six issues to do something that means nothing.
1: This definitely feels more like something DC used to do, which I feel like we say at least once every podcast. But (laughs) this kind of like innocuous miniseries that seems, you know pretty irrelevant to the overall you know workings of the DCU but then like turns out to be pretty important or you know sets up threads that are then picked up later that are really important this is that mini
0: series this is that mini series that Wikipedia you'll be reading up on an event and Wikipedia will tell you like the event started in this random issue of this book like wait what I don't remember that at all and then you know yeah I'm with you
1: yeah I love that kind of thing me too. I, I call you know I like to like bind like my comics and this is like the filling that I think of like I love to just get those like weird obscure stories to just like pad in there <laughs> and and when I do like just a big huge bind of a of a story
0: we have to talk about binding off the air sometimes that because I want to get my who's who bound.
1: Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've done it. I I want to get back into it. Going to bind your who's who, huh?
0: I am. Make your jokes. Go ahead.
1: Doing it on the inside.
2: That sounds... Oh, boy. All right.
0: The man inside me?
2: I wish I would have read the man inside me. Instead of Batman.
0: (laughs) Well, let's quickly do a recap of the news of the last week or so the big news that the three of us haven't even talked about like in a text or anything is that jay garrick is coming back in the button
2: the button uh
0: i don't know how but it's happening
1: yeah and it looks like a, a not the same jay garrick that's currently that has been in the earth 2
0: new 52 yeah which 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 wraps up next week does it? Yeah, Earth 2 Society and we, Multiversity Comics has an exclusive preview of that.
1: That's going to go over like a fart in the wind.
0: Well, yeah, but...
1: That's sad. But I haven't been reading it. I Honestly, like, I'm kind of sad that we haven't been talking about that because even though it's not a Rebirth book, it's gone on for so long. Um, and, like, I, I don't know. I need to go back and read that. Have either of you been following it?
0: <laughs> uh, zach
1: i don't know what you guys read
0: <laughs> yes you do you know exactly what i read
1: Not <laughs> all of it
0: pretty I much just, all of it I, mean, I
1: don't know i just naturally assume that you guys are much more diligent and and responsible than i am so you're probably reading things i don't even think about
2: <laughs> lord no yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Whatever, Vince, you read Harley
0: Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I'm realizing I didn't even include Harley Quinn in our rundown of uh, things we should cover oh, this I week. Did. So
2: I put, uh, No. We'll
0: get to that in a minute. But anyway. Um, anyway, Jake Eric. Yeah, so tying into that, tonight, we're recording this on Thursday evening, and tonight was the first night of Emerald City Comic Con, and uh, I wish I was there, as as I'm sure do we all it's a great con. Have you guys ever been to Emerald City? Never. It's fantastic. It's uh, maybe the best con I've ever been to. It, it, it's it's both large and small. At the same time, it feels very manageable, but it's a, a big con. Yeah, that's great. But anyway, at the DC panel, it was announced that there is a Justice Society of America book that is planned. They didn't say it was started or it was going to be announced, but that it was already planned. So that ties into this. Do we think that we're going to get a full-on current-day, time-displaced Justice Society book? Do you think we're going to get a book that's set in the 40s? Do you think we're going to get something in the middle of that? I, I, I honestly don't know what a JSA book's going to look like, so I kind of want to hear where, where you guys think this is going.
1: I, I would love for it to follow like the Rucka Wonder Woman model. Or mm.
2: we have, like, a flashback in a modern issue.
0: Oh, God, that sounds so great.
2: That would be glorious. And if, it, I mean, when they say it's planned out, I'm hoping that that means that it is something like that, like something that actually requires coordination, you know? Uh, that would be really great, Zach. Um,
0: That's a awesome hell of an idea. idea. Hire that man, Dan <laughs>
2: For that and, and Dan DiDio's pal,
0: yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Boy
2: prime. Um, I, th- I have a sneaking suspicion. Like, if I had to put odds on it, I would say that the odds are in favor of the Earth Two book that's going on right now. Earth Two Society folding and somehow bridging to a. JSA that includes the Time Displaced Heroes um, but that would be disappointing what I want is oh
0: how, um, wait, hang on. pause there for a second how would that work because we have a Jay Garrick there and that doesn't appear to be the Jay Garrick we're getting back
2: right I know I, I don't know how it would work I'm just saying like like it's kind of similar to what DC has done with books before like clo- like closing off Doctor Fate and at the end of Doctor Fate it spins off showing you Kent Nelson flying off with his helmet so that he can be in rebirth you know what i'm saying okay yeah like like that's what i'm that's what i'm envisioning happening you know um because i frankly can't can't believe that earth Two society is still being published
0: yeah i'm maybe my I, I i think i'm gonna be off next week on tuesday maybe i'll spend like a chunk of tuesday just reading that whole book
2: yeah well anyway um what i would prefer is the quickest path to getting the jsa back like everything was normal because i loved the pre-flashpoint jsa and they were just always around and um you know i just want it, i want them to be around again and i don't want it to be weird like i don't want to spend a year or two having to go through the whole like oh can we trust these people and like <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah like just just the, the, I feel like just like there's gonna be an issue of Justice League where they're shaking Superman's hand and they're like, "Well, we finally trust you clark you're you're one of us now, and then the j s a show up and then <laughs> we spend we spend two years of them distrusting them, you know um, i just I just want I want you know for that property, I would like nothing more than to go back to the way things were. I agree. Yeah.
0: Zach, anything to add to that?
1: Mm, no, not really.
2: Sorry, I'm like <laughs> anticlimactic there. He's That's right. About that. He's thinking about that sweet, sweet Nintendo Switch.
0: Yeah. No. What, what, I'll have to say, I, I am a very lucky man. Because I am the only person that is privy to the secret switchcast that happens every single week before this podcast, when I'm inevitably five minutes late and I come into the middle of a switch conversation, so I get up my own little private podcast just for me.
1: Just for Brian. Sorry, guys.
0: That's all right. Maybe we'll set up a Patreon, and if you donate a certain amount of money, you can hear the switchcast also. <laughs> We'll do, oh my goodness we'll do a switch cast we'll do a once a month Laminsky cast lamins cast the we'll, lamins <laughs> L- three and uh i don't know something else maybe we'll make a radio play of superboy prime's pal dan didio <laughs>
1: brian as dan didio
0: exactly yeah yeah. yeah yeah i don't know who would be a better
1: superboy prime
0: Zach, I feel like you, you sound more like you could have been raised on a farm in Kansas. And I, I can get really
1: whiny if I want to.
0: <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. So, like the la- real Mark Hamill, <laughs> New <laughs> <laughs> Hope stuff. Toshi Station, big up some power converters.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. <laughs> Blue
0: milk. Uh.
2: Say that. Come on!
0: You don't remember that in a new hope when he yells blue milk and then runs away.
2: Blue milk again, again. <laughs> and
0: brew.
2: I'm not putting blue milk on my Dooku flakes again. <laughs> Eat
0: your Dooku flakes, Luke. Oh, this is my
2: dad left. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, final bit of news. We got the full slate and creative teams of the DC Looney Tunes crossover extravaganza. We got Batman Elmer Fudd by Tom King and Lee Weeks. <laughs> we get Jonah Hex Yosemite Sam by Very
2: Very Quiet. I'm gonna break the bat's damn back. <laughs>
0: Be very, very quiet. I'm talking to Mother, who's been dead for years. <laughs> that's, 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 that's a tease What we're going to talk about later, folks. Um, we also got the Jonah Hexley, Somebody Sam special, written by Jimmy Palmiati, illustrated by Mark Teixeira. The Legion of Superheroes, Bugs Bunny special, which is fucking what weird. Was that a, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, written, that a, written by Sam Humphreys, illustrated by Tom Grummet and Scott Hanna.
2: That's going to be it. I I, I already like. know I already know how it's going to go. Bugs Bunny is going to dress like a female bunny <laughs> and he's going to seduce Brainiac 5. What is the first Legion thing that we've gotten?
0: He's going to pop to up. He's going to pop out of the ground and say like I took a wrong term in Albuquerque or something. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. All right, uh, we got Whoa. The Lobo Roadrunner Special, written by Bill Morrison and illustrated by Kelly Jones. That's That sounds great. It does sound great. Uh, Martian Manhunter slash Marvel the Martian, written by Steve Orlando and Frank Barbieri, with art by Aaron Lepresti. I'll buy that. That'll be a thing. And a Wonder Woman Tasmanian Devil special, written by Tony Bedard, illustrated by Barry Kitson. With a Jim Lee cover on that one, folks. So, uh... Yarp. Um... So this is a fun idea, maybe. Let me just read some of the solicit text here. After a chance meeting with billionaire Bruce Wayne, multimillionaire Elmer Fudd's obsession quickly escalates into stalking Batman through dark alleys and high-class social settings of Gotham City. Kill (laughs) the
2: bat!
0: When minor Yosemite Sam strikes it rich, Word gets out that uh, word gets out as everyone comes gunning for his wealth, including the notorious, the notorious Freeling gang. To protect himself and his new riches, he hired bounty hunter Jonah Hex, but the man protecting him may be his worst nightmare. Here's the here's the money one, though. The Legion of Superheroes always thought they had taken their inspiration from the 21st century Superboy. When they try to bring their hero into the future time, the team discovers to their surprise that the Cape Champion isn't who or even what they expected. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to read the rest of these because why not? Uh, Wiley Coyote travels to the far reaches of space to hire Lobo to hunt down and kill his greatest nemesis, the Roadrunner. When the Coyote and Lobo are after you, the Roadrunner realizes that if they catch him, he's through.
2: I hope they have uh, the Coyote speak in his like erudite British.
0: Yes, agreed. Accent. Yeah. Um. Mar. Uh. Martian Manhunter tries to halt Marvin the Martian's determination for world domination. John is conflicted with his own Martian identity as he attempts to stop the hapless determined Marvin from blowing Earth to bits in order to gl- gain a clear view of Venus. And then, not Instead since... The- of Uranus? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, not since the Twelve Labors of Hercules is a Greek warrior faced as great a danger and as destructive a peril as the Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> All right. What are the odds that this is like Flintstones Future Quest good versus um, Scooby Apocalypse Wacky Raceland bad?
1: Um, I can see at least like... Just judging a book by its cover, (laughs) I would say three of these at least are Scooby Apocalypse quality.
0: Let me see if we're on the same page. The Jonah Hex Yosemite Sam. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> the Legion Bugs. And the Wonder Woman Taz.
1: Um, replace Legion Bugs with Batman. Us-
2: I'm, uh, Hell, yeah, Batman. Fun. No, no more FUD? No more fun, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like anything else. A couple of them will be fun and good and. The rest will be
0: bad. You're probably right. All right. Well, let's do a real quick run through the rest of the books that came out this week. Uh, We got Aquaman, number 18, written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Scott Eaton. This is the second part of the, uh, what's this arc called? Warhead. And I have a very specific thought about this, but I want to hear what you guys think first
1: it's just kind of wrapped up. I I thought this was going to be like an arc, but it was kind of like a like a setup thing, which I'm okay with. I think this character
2: is interesting,
1: so Yeah,
2: I th- I thought it was uh I thought it was a good issue for showing, you know, the kind of person that Arthur is, and I really liked the little thing about how like, I really felt it when he was like, when I tried to get people to take me seriously, and instead, I ended up scaring everybody, and that's disappointing, and uh, it's it's not often that you see introspection like that in a goddamn Aquaman book, you know? <laughs> yep. And so, that was that was fun. I mean, it, it was interesting, and he took in this Chinese nationalist with PTSD, and, and is trying to help him, and... That's totally a thing that the Arthur that I know and love would do. So what's what's your thought, Brian?
0: So my thought is that there's, there's an issue we're going to get to in a little while that to me is the worst part of double shipping, uh-huh. which is like an issue that has absolutely no purpose that you can get away with because... You have to put out an issue every two weeks, and so you know they're not all going to be winners. You're going to have to have a couple of books that are just going to be these like standalone stories that don't really mean anything and don't do too much to the overall story.
1: I have a feeling I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I do and too. It's what, if it's what I think of, it's one that I have a lot of things, a lot of things to say about.
0: Okay. Um, I will get to that in a few minutes. But like, but to me, this is the sort of the other side of that coin where if Aquaman was shipping monthly, you probably wouldn't be able to do this story. Because it's not it doesn't feel as as consequential or as impactful as a monthly book sometimes has to feel. And the double shipping has given them the opportunity to tell a book about a Chinese national with PTSD. And it it was a really good issue. I think it had some important things about Arthur and about just kind of the world in general, as kind of corny as that sounds. You know, I, th- I thought it was a good issue. And I'm glad that, that as part of the double shipping, DC is allowing these type of books to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a character, this Warhead, that we'll see again and will be an important part of the story, or like a future arc moving forward. And did you catch the the new Superman
0: yes. connection? Yes, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a great Scott Eaton splash page of Arthur in this issue, too. Scott Eaton's doing some good work on this book. Anything else to say about it? No. Nope. nope. All right. That brings us to Batman number 18, <laughs> written by Tom King, illustrated by David Finch, and brought to you by Mommy Issues. M- mommy. Mother Mommy. Tom yeah. King fucking loves people repeating things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Don't stop doing this. I don't believe that that's, I can see Bruce sitting there and doing that. Like, especially as a child, you know, I can see him talking to a mother that's no longer there. But even this like takes it to like some really weird places. Oh, for sure. He's in for the sure.
0: cowl being like, don't worry, mother. Like... For sure. <laughs> don't,
2: don't, get, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I can, I can see it. You know, I can see a little bit of that. I don't... What, th- is this Bane? This is not Bane. Is this Bane? <laughs> is this a Bane that anyone recognizes?
0: I mean, to be fair... Mommy! <laughs> Mommy!
2: Multi-Bane! <laughs> Ma- Mommy Bane!
0: Let the therapy <laughs>
2: begin! <laughs> um. Bane, Bane in... Uh, in the Lego Batman movie, by the way. I think it was Doug Benson doing, It was
0: Doug Benson, so great.
2: Doing a Tom Hardy impression. Yep.
0: I just One, saw it. I took my daughter to see it tonight.
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Quick, quick uh shout-out. If you haven't seen that film, listeners, go treat yourself. It is it's,
0: legitimately the best Batman best, film ever made.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. It's the best DC film you'll see in the rest of your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, um, but yeah. So what I was going to say was I, I actually just linked to this in my soliciting multiversity piece this week. But um, a uh, there's a an, an article, an, an installment of Ask Chris by Chris Sims from 2011, where he does, in my opinion, the best job at explaining why Bane is not a bad idea. And it essentially comes down to his argument is that Bane is the best attempt at creating an evil Batman that DC's ever done. And I'm not going to articulate it as well as he is. I'm not even going to try. Just just Google Ask Chris Bane. And Chris does a really, really nice job with um, with explaining that. And I'm not always the biggest fan of Chris's writing. But this is... When, when he's right about something, he's really right. And this... He does a really nice job explaining this. And but part of the argument is that sort of Bane is what happens if everything breaks bad for Bruce Wayne. How if there wasn't an Alfred, if there wasn't money, Bruce Wayne could have been Bane. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting way to, to phrase it. And I just talked about that on Tuesday and then read this issue that night and uh, and felt like, oh, wow, that's like, eerily relevant to what I was talking about in, in Soliciting Multiversity this, this month. Um, but this is a horrible comic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so over the top. You get, they could, if, if there was just, so you get that first page of Bruce and Bane, and then you see Bane saying mommy and Bruce saying mother, and then they're facing each other again. If it was just that, you would have said, oh, there's parallels here. Okay, <laughs> but you don't need another 20 pages of it. Come on, dude. Where, where's my vision at? Where's my Omega Man at?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, the entire issue is literally like, do you get it? They're the same. Bane and Batman, they're the same. You get it? Do you get it, please?
0: (laughs) At least they're not trying to say that Batman and the Joker are the same.
2: (laughs) That's twisted.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Is there anything else to say about this issue?
2: Uh, What do I have in my... I don't know. I am cat.
0: Yeah, that was dumb, too.
2: (laughs) Dumb, dumb, dumb. Five issues until the vaunted uh, Batman issue number 23, though, that we've been waiting for. 22
0: we're waiting for. I
2: thought it was 23. No, it
0: was 22.
2: Well, (laughs) hot damn. Yep. It's coming earlier than I expected. You know that
0: falls right in the middle of the book.
2: I thought 22
0: was button. It is, but it, that Tom King had said, it'll all make sense by issue 22.
2: I, I damn well hope so. <laughs> God.
0: Unless issue 21 ends with Batman saying, I have brain damage. <laughs> I don't see how this is possibly going to bring it all together.
2: If it ends with him saying, uh, uh, I am Rorschach, then it makes
0: sense. <laughs> okay, suck. that is true. That is also true. All right. Am I the only guy who read a cyborg this week?
2: Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Okay. Yep.
0: All right. I'll do the prerequisite um, sort of. Uh, I mean, the, the, rather the requisite recap. Um, this is a garbage comic. <laughs> um, there's. I'm pretty sure there's a misattributed word bubble. Which is always a fun, a fun thing in a comic where a character Again, because
2: the editors did not read the issue <laughs> exactly because they just they
0: just stamped it as fine and moved along. Um, but guys, believe it or not, there is uh, a dumber idea than everything else in this book so far, and that's basically the uh, the 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 android villain guy hooks up with a. Uh, Hooks up in terms of teams up, not like makes out with a uh, a disabled crime lord who he gives a mind control device to who can then control all the rats in Detroit. The rats, by by the way, which Cyborg one night was bored and counted all of. And so at the end of the book, three million rats attack Cyborg. and That's not a joke. You lost me
1: somewhere in there and I don't want to.
0: I don't want to try. You don't you don't need to. It's it's garbage. It's bad. Moving on. Green Arrow number eighteen, written by Ben Percy. Uh, who illustrated this issue? It wasn't Otto Schmidt or Juan Ferreira. Who was it? It was uh it was...
2: Eleonera Carlini? Eleonera Carlini?
0: okay. I'm not familiar with their work, I don't believe.
2: Let me see. Keep talking. I'm gonna look up what Okay. Done. this was uh, this was okay
0: this to me borders on the cartoonish side of this book and I don't mean cartoonish in terms of the art being particularly overly expressive or something like that I just mean I think it simplifies every character down to its uh, sort of purest form and gives people motivations that maybe seem a little bit rushed
2: Oh, definitely Rushed, but I still liked it.
0: It was okay, yeah.
2: But I know exactly what you mean, yeah. Um, Eleonora Carlini, uh, Italian comic artist. She's worked on uh, some Grim Tale comics for Xenoscope and Doctor Who's 10th Doctor Adventures for Titan Comics. Okay. Um. I thought she did a great job.
0: Yeah, I thought it's a, it's a very visually pleasing book. I still hate Roy Harper's outfit. Uh throwing the backwards hat is just the dumbest thing you could possibly do. Uh Roy Harper's Native American Heritage is not a new thing, right?
1: I well I was gonna ask about that because I I don't know a lot about Roy Harper.
0: Do you have an hour? <laughs> In his history.
1: I I knew that you would.
0: I don't believe, I I did not do my due diligence, because this is one of the last books I read this week, actually, just because of the way things broke out, broke down, rather, but I,
2: uh... Yes, he he has, yeah.
0: It's been established before that he is part Native American.
2: Yeah, I believe that's how he learned to use a bow.
0: I believe you're right. Uh, But we have not seen the speedy Oliver relationship sort of in focus in quite some time. Uh, in the, in all of the new fifty two, we haven't seen it, so it was it was nice to get a little bit of an idea of that, and uh, you know, Ben Percy has a lot of good ideas in this book. I think a lot of times his execution leaves a little bit to be desired. Like I said, this feels a little rushed. This feels a little bit. Um, I don't even know what I'm looking for is, but it, it was it was fine. It it was interesting, and I'm I'm excited to see. Roy become a character in this book. You know, it's nice to see Roy over in Titans, but I would like to see him every now and then pop up in this book and join the sort of extended family that that is happening in this book.
2: Yeah.
0: Anything else to add?
2: Nope. I thought it was... I I liked how they, uh, they got a little bit of very current politics in there with a Native American pipeline. Yeah. Right. Which has been a big part of the book. Yeah.
1: You know, dealing with like police brutality and mm-hmm. corrupt politicians. And I feel like they touched on one other thing at least
0: maybe, but I wonder if this will redated in five years because uh, of that.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think so.
0: I'm just curious. You know, sometimes you can see yeah, there are, there are certain things brought up in a book that are just so clearly of the time. Like, on last night's Arrow, Felicity Smoke said that the only thing that she knows about politics, she learned from Keeping It 1600, mm-hmm. which is a recently uh, defunct podcast, because uh, it's now Pod Save America, or in public trust, I think it's called? I forget.
2: I, I think it's called Bernie Would Have Won.
0: It is called Bernie Would Have Won. But um, but yeah, a, a reference to like that, because that's sometimes really a data book, but that's all right. That brings us to Green Lanterns number 18. Oh, boy. Written was by this the one? This was the one. Written yeah, by okay. Sam Humphreys, illustrated by Robson Roca. First of all, Roca did a great job. I think the issue visually is very good. Handled very well. But what the fuck was this issue, guys?
1: Uh... Guys, I've got some things. All right. Because, okay, this may be the only thing worth talking about with this issue, but I think this is the first time that it was revealed that Volthoom was from Earth-15, right? Sure. So, if you go to DC's multiverse compendium and look up Earth-15, I don't know if this has been, like, a recent thing. I don't know how long this has been in here, but it talks about, so like, you may or you probably don't remember, I didn't remember, but in Countdown Superboy Prime destroyed Earth-15. And in the like current like DC multiverse thing, it still talks about Superboy Prime destroying Earth 15, and like this is all updated to be like post multiversity. And so, as far as I know, this is like the (laughs) not in this issue, but tangentially like this is the first time that DC has like referenced Superboy Prime.
0: Oh wow! Well, okay. Does this I mean this was <laughs> literally? Oh, actually, I guess it's actually in the future because this takes place 3079 AD. I don't know how that's possible when he's lived 10 billion years in <laughs> well, the current, I, I guess know. so. Um, but that, that's interesting, okay.
1: But but also, like, there's some you guys need to like tie it, look into this yourself, but there's like some really cool stuff they have like all of this writing going on like with the multiverse like there's ties between earth 15 and 17 and something to do with a, a green lantern uh a, a lantern called the cosmic grail that has something to do with fighting dark side it's like crazy stuff i don't know how
0: is it all referenced like can you it, yeah, find it, where, where stuff comes from yeah i'm pretty sure can you send me a link to that so i can put it in the show notes for this week
1: here i'm I'll send you the link to the Earth 15 one. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Thank you, sir.
2: Well, Zach, the most interesting thing about this issue was something that you told us on this podcast and not something we read in the actual issue. So. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and
1: it also, like, so it, in this issue, there's like a lot of cool multiverse stuff. You know, we see him actually on Earth 17, which is apparently, like, you know, on that big multiversal map how mm-hmm. they were, like, opposites. Um, and Morrison talked about how, like, the ones that were across from each other are, are opposites. And so apparently, like, Earth-17 is the opposite of 15. Um, and then Earth-47, which is the the music one here, um, is the one that has, like, all of the hippie, the, like, hippie Justice League. Okay. And then, like, we get kind of, like, the answer to the Earth-3-Volthum question. There was a lot of, like, cool multiverse stuff in this issue, which I really dug. But everything else is, like, yeah, totally superfluous.
0: This is what I was talking about before. That double shipping allows bullshit like this to get published. Because this doesn't further any story. It doesn't... Like, if Volthoom showed up again, it can just be said, like, I can't die. Done. (laughs) (laughs) you saved yourself... Eight minutes of reading a shitty comic or whatever it takes, but
1: we man. we totally still got these kinds of issues before double shipping though.
0: But I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, they're more common now, or they have that they have the potential to. Be they more are common. a lot easier.
1: Yeah, um, I'm interested in this uh, this first seven Green Lantern thing, in that I'm not really interested. It's just. <laughs> That's I don't know.
0: That's like, the next bullshit standalone issue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, I'm uh as soon as I saw
2: Last Testament of the First Lantern on the cover, I I almost didn't open the issue. I couldn't give a shit less about Volthoom.
0: You're not incorrect. <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I I love Green Lantern mythology. I love the multiverse. There are ways to make this work. To me, this was the most boring way to do that. You mean you
1: didn't like that totally like abstract and arbitrary little infographic on how
0: time? <laughs> how yeah, yeah, works? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oops, boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> uh, we skipped the fall and rise of Captain Adam, but I do want to talk about that. So let's let's do, do you? That. I do. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, that is uh, written by Carrie Bates and Greg Weissman, illustrated by Will Conrad. Will Conrad continues to do the Lord's work on this book. Um, but this issue did something interesting. This brought the character way back from the Dr. Manhattan we've seen recently. And it seemed to give him a little bit more of his... like early 90s, late 80s type power set, and uh, I'm shocked there's a DC book running from a Watchmen comparison.
2: That's weird, because I felt like they tried to have it both ways. Okay. Like, just all the stuff about him being used as a government tool felt very Dr. Manhattan.
0: But I feel like Dr. Manhattan was used as a government tool by his own choice.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, it just seems to me like, in terms of him being un—you know—terms of the instability and the sort of detachment from human emotion and the uh, the blue hue, all of that was taken away.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's when you put it that way, it's exciting. I didn't really like. I'm not really that all that into this comic, but
0: I, I don't know if it's exciting. I think it's interesting. I think it's. I think there's an interesting choice to when we're getting ready to have the Watchmen, you know, slam into our world, that they're going the other way with this character.
1: Yeah.
0: Zach, did you read this issue?
1: I did read it. And it's alright.
0: Yeah, I, I just think it's... I think this is actually a... I think this is not the easiest way to do this miniseries. And I'm shocked that that's the reality. That's all i got to say about that. That's fair.
2: I'm shocked that he's Snapchatting with his 17-year-old son that he didn't
0: know that he had. <laughs> oh, Snapchat. All right, it's that time of week. Hey, Vince, what happened to Harley Quinn this week?
2: I, I already told you I didn't read it.
0: Oh, you were serious?
2: Yeah, we're exhuming. Let's exhume Harley Quinn from the show, okay?
0: Dig no, it up. exhuming would be the opposite. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Let's bury Harley <laughs> Quinn under, <laughs> metaphorically speaking.
0: Uh, I do have to say, in the Lego Batman movie, my daughter was very confused by Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn were bad guys because she read. Ah, like, interesting. We we've watched like the DC superhero girl stuff before, and we've read some of those comics together, and those characters are always presented as as heroes. So she was actually very upset by that. She said, "That's not Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's a good guy." That <laughs> was a good boy
2: someone hasn't seen Suicide Squad <laughs>
0: yeah I was like one day I'll ruin your life by showing you Suicide Squad <laughs> Be hard.
2: Oscar winner Suicide Squad yes yeah,
0: so we've got to mention that in the news segment by the way hang on Vince pull up who, that, who, who tweeted us that the greatest tweet we've ever received in this show
2: I, 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 I don't know how far do I go back for that it was Monday Oh, my mentions are, my menches are very active. Oh, it was, uh,
1: it was, um... where'd
0: it go? My internet's running like molasses tonight, so I can't pull it up myself, but.
2: Talk amongst yourselves.
0: Yeah, uh, anyway, uh, a listener picked up on our old dig at another website. There it is. And said, "I, let, I read it to us. First it First, was, give, was... give credit to who it was.
2: Yeah, it was Lucy Collins again. Uh Zach already mentioned him and Patrick yeah. Baird. I like that the Academy essentially gave Sui- Suicide Squad a quote, <laughs> costumes were good, ten out of ten. <laughs> Hashtag DC three cast.
0: That's like the um, best that's the best tweet we've ever received, I think. So yeah, thank you, Patrick. Thank
2: you, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah,
0: we appreciate that. Um <sighs> But yeah. Alright, so Harley Quinn's done.
2: Yeah, I it's done. All
0: right, can I make a motion to throw Blue Beetle um Batman S- Beyond, Cyborg and Batman Beyond in the same pile?
2: Yep, and Harley Quinn and uh anything else we can think of off the top of our heads that we just don't want to do anymore?
1: Um I think that's we have to... What about Hellblazer?
0: Oh. I feel like we kind of need a designated survivor here where one of us (laughs) will keep reading these just to alert the others if anything important happens. I'll take Cyborg and the Hellblazer.
1: I'm already, like, not reading any of these
2: books. (laughs) I I can pick one. Here's the thing. I I will flip through them. If If we need to do that, I will flip through them all. Just flipping through them to see if there's anything that stands out of note. Like, if all of a sudden the dang Joker shows up in Harley Quinn again, but I, I'm not going to read it. Yeah. I think that's fair. We should all flip through them. Okay. That's fair. Okay. All right. I can agree
0: Motion to to that. Motion to close. Motion to <laughs> close, except seconded.
2: I don't know any of these terms. I didn't watch Parks and Recreation. So I... <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. That brings us to Justice League number 16, written by Brian Hitch, illustrated by Fernando Psarin. Um,.
2: I liked exactly one thing about this issue.
0: Let me guess what it is. When you saw you were on page 21 of 21.
2: Actually, yeah, because that was my favorite page. That's like a total, like, Akira style. That's a really awesome page. Where Superman. What? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, it's time for us to save history, and it's this, like, weird. Lumpy, baby robot thing. Lumpy baby robot thing getting probed by a bunch of
0: maybe a Brainiac.
2: Maybe yes, very evocative of a brainy, a version of Brainiac. Just such an evocative page. I mean,
1: yeah, with like Clark just kind of floating there. Yeah, so small, just yeah. so tiny. You're right. It's a good page. It yeah. is a good
0: page. I I feel like this is a comic that if I wasn't already burned out on Brian Hitch so much. I could have enjoyed more, but this feels like every other Brian Hitch um, Justice League comic. But yeah. I actually think that like the split in them across time and all that, there's interesting implications in all of that.
1: I, I, honestly, the, my initial guess, when you were talking about your, you know, the one comic results of double shipping, my first thought was Green Lantern, but if it wasn't that, this was going to be <laughs> my second choice because like literally almost nothing
2: happens in this issue. Yeah. Yeah, it basically just re-explains where we've already seen everybody is. Yeah. And, and the other thing that this issue does that I don't really care for is that it brings back, like, the weird scientist characters from...
0: The Justice uh, League of America Hitch book?
2: H- yeah, Hitch's pre-rebirth Justice League of America book, which, like...
0: Which limps to a close. <laughs>
2: you could have left them behind. They were, um... You didn't need them. Yeah.
0: I will say this. Can you guys all turn to page 18 in, in your digital copy?
1: Yes, father. I'm their father.
0: Okay. Um, at first, I was hi, father. Um, <laughs> thank you, though. But uh, tell me that's not Super Dermot Mulrooney. Second <laughs> second time that name has showed up on the podcast. But tell me that's not Super Dermot Mulrooney there.
2: It is. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Or or it's um
0: No, is there I looked it up before, it's Thermum Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, I won't take a uh, I
1: can through. see it, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Um <laughs> This is, the,
1: this thing it does a thing that I like when Green Lanterns have white in their costume. Yes. Like predominantly white.
0: Like the jade costume from back in the day?
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like there's a there's a Legion of Superheroes Green Lantern, uh, Ron Vidar, who has a lot of white on his costume. So that's a small thing.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I I don't know. I don't, one thing that bothers me about this book is that and we've talked about this before, but it feels so eventful but i i never have a sense of how important we're supposed to think these events are yeah like superman talks about um losing his family or his family being uh displaced you know is that it, it's not the same thing that's going on in superman in action but are we are we supposed to treat it like just as much of a threat you know or just as much of a crisis
1: yeah it's weird it's like the big event book where none of the events matter because (laughs) it's all less important than what's actually happening in like their solo books right that's
0: exactly my problem with this book
1: it's a weird it's a weird dilemma
0: i i understand that dc has this idea in their mind that the justice league the Primary Justice League has to face the biggest and boldest threats. Um, I understand that. But then they need to have things that matter happen. Because each arc has been these gigantic events that are just, you know, near catastrophes, but there's no fallout from them whatsoever.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know. We'll see
0: how this one turns out. All right. Well, that brings us to Nightwing number sixteen, written by Tim Seeley, illustrated by Javi Fernandez, DC exclusive artist Javi Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, this issue—this
1: uh, was maybe the best issue of the week, and like even above Superman for me.
0: I think I agree with that.
1: This I- book is just like perfect.
2: It is it is the perfect Cape Comic, like Oh man.
0: I do think it's kinda of scandalous to admit that as teenagers Starfire and Dick were fucking.
2: <laughs> yeah. For yeah. DC
0: standards, you know, it's uh... yeah.
2: yeah.
0: But yeah, no, this was great. Um Celie really gets Dick, obviously, but he also really gets Damien here and uh man this is a good comic i love it hey, just like gut wrenching
1: too like so many emotions
0: yeah yeah
2: i i like Damien... <laughs> Damien and nightwing taking the classic uh batman and robin grant morrison batmobile oh so out. great yeah perfect like nightwing's new enemy deathwing <laughs> just like so comic booky.
0: Yep. And wear, wearing his New 52 costume.
2: Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. Sean Sang being potentially pregnant, but then getting kidnapped, and you don't know exactly what's going on. Just, like, so soap opera and Yeah.
1: Oh, I love the panel where Damien has the pregnancy test, and he's just like, Grayson, you fool. Grayson,
0: yeah. you
2: fool. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wrap it up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I feel like Damien's already had a vasectomy. I
2: know,
0: <laughs> I know. And he, know, it, like, he it knows it's reversible like, if he ever wants an heir. You know, yeah. just well. It's yeah. weird because
1: like previously, like now he's thirteen, but like before this, he was kind of at that age where you know girls are still like a little icky, and he can get away with that. But now he's like, I mean, Damien's gonna start going through puberty soon if he hasn't already, and he's gonna, it's gonna rock his world. yeah uh did you see the variant cover for this issue yes so good although reyes was a weird choice for it but still i love that cover yeah like the original and any
0: homage absolutely um all right well that's a great comic and speaking of great comics, Shade the Changing Girl, number six, written by <laughs> Cecil Castellucci, illustrated by Marley Zarconi.
1: Also features pregnancy as a key plot point.
0: <laughs> that is true.
1: But much different.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, now, th- this book continues to be a, uh, a really fun book. I-, I think it's probably the, the young animal book that... No, let me rephrase that. Aside from Mother Panic, it's young animal book I think about the least, Mm -hmm. but that's not a knock on it. I think it's a good comic. I just think that Cave Carson and Doom Patrol, to me, are are head and shoulders above the rest.
1: See, I think I put this one after Doom Patrol, but still above everything else.
2: Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. Um...
0: Next time I uh, next time I I talk to Tom Shearly, I'll tell him you guys are full of shit. So. (laughs) 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 His Uh, superpowers trips make Cave Carson instantly the best young animal book.
2: We'll wait for you to pick up that name you just dropped.
0: Yeah, as if I'm really calling him every day, right, guys?
2: You are. Calling him, and you're like you're laying on your bed on your stomach, and you're like kicking your feet back and forth, twirling. Tom, the... Zach, and Vince
1: just don't get me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Wish I had someone to talk to you about you assholes uh, <laughs> with your Nintendo talk and your uh, Midwestern values and shit. I don't know. <laughs> uh... oh. <laughs> Anything specific to say about Shade?
2: Yeah, I found it very surprising that they uh,
0: and they killed off Megan.
2: Leafly murdered Megan. <laughs> um, I thought that was a really great scene. I loved I loved watching uh Megan and quote unquote Shade or Loma, um, like essentially fighting for her body, and her friends watching, and they're like embarrassed. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> because to them it looks like she's just like fighting with herself or talking to herself you know? yeah they're all very embarrassed <laughs> that came across really well um, this comic does those like little comedic or emotional moments well and and that's why it's my second favorite young animal because those those moments just for some reason they just strike me so well that I uh, I, I really dig them.
0: Exactly. Anything to add?
1: Um, just that Megan's like spore remains floated into Shade Loma Megan's body and and impregnated her.
0: (laughs) That that happened. Yep, that's that happened in a DC comic. (laughs)
1: I'm excited to see that play out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it this took looks me... This weird. <laughs> it took me like a second glance at that page to really figure out what was happening. Uh-huh. But... <laughs> yep. But you got it. Oh, I got it.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, boy. All right. Uh, that brings us to our final issue of the week. Superpowers number five. Uh, written and illustrated by Art and Franco. Um, so, again, I I'm, I read this with my daughter, and so I'm actually a couple issues behind still. So, uh, not for lack of enjoying the book, just for, um, you know, reality's sake. So, what would you guys think of this issue?
1: Oh, it's still just goofy, good fun. <laughs> uh, we get a great dark side Joker interaction.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. I like the classic Legion of Doom. I'm just scrolling through now. The classic Legion of Doom, uh, Darth Vader mask helmet place. Mm-hmm. Get a big
1: reveal of who the unknown Superman is.
2: Yes, that was great.
1: And then, um, gonna close out the series with uh, a nice big, big fight.
2: Yep. And I gotta say, I loved, I loved uh, them pulling. Um, Lara into the Justice League to be Superwoman. Mm-hmm. That was just a fun little moment. Like, oh, you're hey, you're Superwoman now. Yeah, <laughs> is that a golden
0: Justice- pharaoh showing up there? Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I also just love that the Green Lantern in this is is Chip or or the other one.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Nort.
0: But... No. It's Chip, by no. the way. That's yeah, that,
1: but there's like two Chipmunk Green Lanterns. I can't remember who the other one is. Isn't it
2: like Kazit or something like that?
0: Oh, I know what you mean, yeah.
2: Oh, I'm going to try and find out. <laughs> Hello, Superwoman. Welcome to the Justice League. Thank you. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's interesting, though. Looking at these books sort of week to week, how much better this week was than last week?
1: Oh, it's badge. Badge is the other one. Badge. One. Oh,
2: that's right.
0: That's chip though in this issue. Um, yeah. Even with Cyborg and Harley Quinn and Justice League and Green Lanterns, this week didn't have a uh, action comics or a Hellblazer. Um,
1: Plus, I mean, like Superman and Nightwing are weekend and out. Probably our
0: favorite. Oh yeah. Ongoing. So. And this has Aquaman too and Green Arrow, and the mid Apollo finale, so yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that does it for our show for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, next week, do we have an idea what's coming out?
2: Yeah, so um, Action and Detective, Deathstroke, Back Background and the Birds of Prey, Flash, Hal Jordan, um, Gotham Academy, second issue of Orlando's JLA, uh, Mother Panic, New Superman 9, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, uh, Superwoman, Titans, and Wonder Woman.
1: Another full week. Yep. Every week's I'm full actually,
0: week.
1: Next, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited for next week, just because
2: Superboy Prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want that so bad.
0: You do. I get it
1: because you know I'm I'm clearly the you know DC three Suicide Squad boy now. So you are, yeah, you are the Suicide Squad boy. No, I'm not. (laughs) I resent that. Own it. No, I'm not the Suicide Squad boy. Just because I think (laughs) Ramita's art is better than it usually is here.
0: I mean, to be fair, you called yourself the Suicide Squad boy. (laughs) Neither (laughs) one of us put that on you.
1: You did too. You pushed it on me last week.
0: Well, we didn't this week.
1: But I just had to bring it up.
2: To I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking past next week, and I'm looking at the sweet uh, week of the fifteenth, uh-huh. where we get a Batwoman issue one. We get a, a night, another Nightwing. So mm-hmm. Nightwing's like the best. So we and get another Super- Superman, and another Superman, and Super Sons. That is going to be the best week ever, and Wildstorm. Yeah, that that week What? Yeah, that, that is just <laughs> embarrassing. <good> that, is. <laughs> that, is the, that is the insane week of DC comics.
0: Um, that's I'm, like
2: I'm excited the- that we get to trash some of these books and not read them anymore and just page through them.
0: That is an exciting development. We did get one. Um, I got one tweet about the show today. I wanted to shout out. Just one second. Just loading this here. Um but while speaking about tweets, you can follow the three of us on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app.
2: I'm at VJ underscore O S T R O W S K I. And I'm at Surf Fox eighty nine.
1: If you're getting a switch, tweet me about it.
2: Oh yeah, me too.
1: Uh,
0: the
2: switch boys. Switch takes.
0: So, um real at, switch hours. At dit sh D I T C H SCH Chad uh, tweeted at me. I just finished Superman 18. I'd like to start a new hashtag. Hashtag where's John? Half, hashtag don't jurgens John? Or hashtag <laughs> trust Tomasi 17?
2: Uh, I'm
0: for all of those, but I think don't jurgens John is my favorite one.
2: I, I mean, I don't think you should jurgens anything except your dick.
0: <laughs> Good night. <laughs> I know you go up that. Sweet, sweet.